When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, and welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. everybody. Welcome back to the End of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, and I'm really excited about our guest today. This has been a long time in the works. Thanks so much for being here today, Stacia. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on and chat with you guys and your, and your guests. Yay, we're excited. Just tell us a little bit about you. Like, Give us your rundown of how you got into business, what you do, and then we'll just kind of let our conversation flow from there. For sure. So it, I went to school for nursing, got my bachelor's degree and worked as a registered nurse for about three and a half years. And then I would say maybe four to six months into working as a nurse, I was like, this is definitely not what I want to do for the rest of my life. It was a very harsh wake up call for me. I thought that I would love it. And the hours were great. I was working three twelves, unfortunately night shift, but just kind of got stuck in, in a pattern of unhealthy habits with food, just mental health, uh, work, just friendships, all that stuff, and thought that I'd be stuck in that cycle forever. So in that time, I was just really down and didn't really know what I was going to do. I always took my health and wellness seriously. In high school, I was an athlete. And then in college, I lifted five or six days a week. So I really liked being active. And unfortunately, with that uh, mental and physical health downturn working night shift, I lost sight of that for myself. And I was like, I don't know, I can't do nursing forever, but I want to do something with health and wellness. So I started looking at different things that I could do. And I'll make a very long story a little bit shorter, but uh, I actually hired a personal trainer because I want to get I wanted to get into personal training. And she opened my eyes to what personal training looks like from a trainer's perspective, and really helped me jump into the training world. And then worked in person with clients and then started my own online business with clients. And that's where I'm at now. 
Oh my gosh, we love it. Well, welcome. Congratulations on your business and the transition. And, you know, I think a lot of us struggle with finding the balance of like even routine. Like for me, especially with my nine to five, too, it was like I'm getting up at 6 a.m. to fit in the gym because I had little to no energy after work, especially after like the social exhaustion that was being face-to-face for people like seven hours a day, you know, I'm an only child. So like, that's a lot of social interaction for me. So can you tell us like what that was like and how you were able to bounce back and create a routine that actually worked with your lifestyle instead of against it, I guess? Yeah. So when I finally like opened my eyes to the fact that I had no habits, I was consistent about absolutely nothing. I was like, okay, what do I enjoy doing and what can I fit into my schedule? So one thing that I enjoyed doing, I ran track in high school. I was a sprinter, so not far distances, but I was like, I know that I can fit a mile and a half run in when I get home from the hospital every morning. Like, I know I can do that. So I just started doing that because in that time frame, I was like, I know I can do this. I need to start developing a habit, something that I enjoy doing that gets me more active. So that's where I started with developing that habit and that balance. And then You know, ultimately for me, phasing out of nursing is what helped me balance the relationship side of things because working night shift, I'm sure if your listeners are familiar with the night shift life, it's very difficult when you are on a completely different schedule than everyone else because you feel like you're constantly missing out on things and your only friends that you have, you feel like are night shift people because they're awake when you are. So that was a really hard balance for me. And I feel like I didn't really find my direction with that until I got my sleeping back in uh, a correct place for myself. I think people underestimate how much sleep impacts our lives. And I know that that's something that you probably help your clients do, especially coming out of, you know, your story. So how important is sleep, like, especially even just for you personally, but I don't know know if you also have like stats that you could share with us for me. Like if I don't get nine hours, you don't want to be around me. Like literally I am like miserable. So I give you so much credit for doing night shift for as long as you did even because I mean, I would be like a walking zombie. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were times that I was like, I would work from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., go home, get my run in, go to sleep at 8 a.m., and then wake up at 11 a.m. so I could enjoy the day. So I'd get like three hours of sleep and then like swing back to a normal shift. So those were definitely days that I was not a nice uh, human being. (laughs) Um, But sleep is super important. I mean, outside of the physical benefit, like your mental health and that cycle of sleep, wake and your focus, it it affects all of that. So sleep is different for everyone. Like nine hours for you is really important for me. I can seven to eight. I prefer eight, but if I get seven to eight, that's great for my clients that I work with. I say a minimum of six. If you are weight training or strength training and you're putting your body through a workout, you do need adequate time for rest, for muscle recovery, for whole body recovery. Um, And so I say like six hours. And so we work on that because a lot of people, when they go to sleep, they have their phone with them, right? And then they sit and they lay on their phone and go through TikTok or Instagram reels or whatever for a couple hours. And it's like, you actually have a lot of time to be sleeping. It's just finding those small things that are impeding that sleep journey um, to help remove them and then get them on a more healthy path with their sleep. That's great to hear that you help with like social media addiction, because I think that that is 
not talked about in mainstream media, like nearly enough, even with my boyfriend, like I'll call him out here, love him to death. But like that phone is in his hands 90% of the time when he's in bed. And I'm like, how do you have peace? You know, like I would never. And I find that when I do, then it keeps me up longer because I'm like, oh, just one more video, another 10 seconds. What's the big deal? Three hours later, I'm like, dang, it's already 11 p.m. And I'm like having anxiety about work tomorrow, you know? For sure. And people talk about addictions all the time, like addictions to alcohol and drugs and cigarettes and things like that. But no one talks about the addiction that most people have with their phones. And and myself, I'm guilty of it. And it's something that I need to continue to work on. Like I'm always very uh, cognitive of that when that street screen time comes up, like it's like, oh, your screen time is down. I'm always looking for that downtrend. But I also set timers and I have my clients set timers where their social media apps will just, it'll be like, you have five minutes left today. And then like you can choose to ignore it, but then you are literally making the choice to ignore the limit that you set for yourself. Um, And so it's kind of like a mind game Then you have to play with yourself about like, how important is social media? Yeah. How much weight do you want to give it in your life? Like how much energy are we giving to this like little square in our pockets? Like if you really boil it down, it's a little creepy, you know? Like it's not that enticing when you kind of step back and like gain perspective. Cause it also can be, I mean, for me, like, like, especially when we talk about working out, it can be a little bit brainwashing, like all of the information that you get online, especially when you start following people, maybe you're trying to have a healthier lifestyle. Like I know Facebook and Instagram, they were actually taken to court based off of how it was impacting children's like mindset around health and eating disorders and things like that. So it's obviously a real problem. I would love to know like if that has impact on your clients or really with, you know, sticking to their strict boundaries, if they're able to find that medium ground. Yeah, it's one thing that I really focus on because I feel like social media pushes this one size fits all for a fitness journey. And then it like makes you look like a failure if you're not on this one size fits all or look a certain way. Like health looks different on every single individual. What healthy looks like for me versus you is going to look different. Do 12 week challenges work? Absolutely. They do work because you can do anything for a short period of time. But I work a lot with my clients about develop with developing sustainable habits, not only with working out, but also like life, like social media addiction or with their food choices, things like that, that, you know, living a healthy lifestyle is not just a fad or a phase. It should be a lifelong journey. And I think that's the piece that everyone is losing now with social media. And I mean, we live in a world of instance, social media and the internet is great. You can get an answer in three seconds. You get a thousand million answers in three seconds, but it's like now you have to wade through all that information. But now because of that, we live in a world where we expect results and we expect those answers so quickly. And it's very difficult to teach patients with uh, clients from time to time because they are so used to that quick result. That makes a lot of sense to me. Honestly, something we say in our relationship, like in our household, we'll have like a moment where we just remind each other like patience. Like we'll just look at each other and we're like, Patience. We're practicing patience. That's our word this year collectively, because it's really hard to like remind yourself, even in a relationship, it's like, 
do this thing now, you know, get this done. Or even with social, how you were saying, like getting results and really influencing even your business. You know, I think people think they're going to become entrepreneurs. They're going to join this health journey and their whole lives are going to change and they'll start manifesting everything that they want in their lives. And I know for me, it's taken six years to like kind of get close to that goal. You know, it's really is this long game that you're describing. So when your clients maybe fall off or fall out of their patterns, like how do you help them get back into their healthy mindset or into some of those healthy boundaries that they've set? Because I know for me, when I fall off like my health journey, it can feel so discouraging. It's like, oh, next week, next day, you know, just kind of start to push it off. At the end of the day, when someone does, I mean, there's a lot of different factors that can play into it. Could be a bad breakup, could be bad, something happened at work. Like there's a lot of things that could factor into why people fall off that journey. The biggest thing though, that I've found is the, it sounds crazy, but uh, scale weigh-ins. Scale weigh-ins for some reason really throw people off and it will throw them off of their journey, even if they're feeling better and seeing results and they're weighing in, but they're like, I don't know why I feel like I should have lost five pounds by now. I'm like, okay, but you've taken measurements, you're down like a waist size or you're down a pant size or you're feeling stronger. Um, so just talking to them about the positives that they have seen and where they're at and also getting to the root cause of the problem, because let's be honest, we all like surface level stuff. We don't want to get to the nitty gritty. So I always say personal training is personal. Like I actually want to know what's causing this and and how I can help you fix it or what support you need. So it's actually getting more so to the root cause of what is going on and then how it can be fixed and how we can start implementing those habits and behaviors back in a little bit at a time to get you back on track. That's great to hear how you really look at like the holistic approach. And like, you know, that's what we're all here about at Meraki. It's like, if one thing's going on in our lives, like it's almost directly affecting our business. You know, it all goes hand in hand. Same thing with health that you're describing to us. So when your clients are facing these uphill battles, maybe they know something's coming and it's creating like a lot of anxiety. You said you help them focus on the confidence. I'm wondering if that confidence is enough to keep them going or if your check-ins also support, because I find accountability for myself is like really helpful, you know, especially with something like a healing or a health. For sure. Yeah. So I do check-ins. I have like different programs that I offer for check-ins, but if I know someone's going on vacation and I know that I've built them like two or three hotel workouts or workouts of the day for vacation, I will be checking in to see if they complete them and then send them a message like, Hey, I see that you didn't uh, complete your workout this morning. Like what's your plan for completing it this afternoon? It's just like that gentle reminder, like, Hey, you know that I'm watching and I can see if you're actually doing what you said you're going to do. And sometimes that that reminder that someone, hey, someone's there watching, it really helps them be like, oh, you're right. Yep, I didn't do it this morning, but I'm going to get to it. Or like, I'll do it tomorrow. That's also fine. But then like tomorrow, I better see it done in the morning. Oh my gosh. Okay, I love that. Because you're able to give them like, the flexibility too, which I do think is kind of the intuitive connection, which is like what we talk about a lot on the show too. It's like, we also had Dr. Debbie on a few weeks ago and she was talking about PTSD and like overcoming trauma and how at times like you just need those lazy days, you know, you need that time off. Like you got to process, work through. And I love that you're able to say to them like, Hey, no worries. Just hop back on tomorrow. Like, let's just not forget that you made this promise and like, let's follow through on it. Yeah, absolutely. Because also it's, it's like, 
I personally enjoy working out. So I'm doing something active six to seven days a week, but that's my life and it's what I enjoy. That's not realistic for every single individual and nor do I expect that. Like I also have days where I'm like, I don't feel like doing anything. I just want to relax. And like in that moment, I'm like, my body is telling me that I need to take a break and relax. Now, if my body told me for 14 days straight that I needed to take a break and relax, I probably would be like, okay, there's something else going on here and let's figure out what that is. Um, because that's very abnormal for me. That would be very abnormal for me. But there has to be flexibility. And that's what comes back to sustainability. Because you can listen to anyone, like I said, in a short period of time and do, you know, a six, 12 week challenge. But at the end of the day, is that something that you can actually complete? And can you do those exercises or that program for the rest of your life? Because if you can't, you're kind of setting yourself up for a high, and then you're going to go do a low, and then you're going to chase that high again. And it's I mean, you're just constantly chasing that high and then being disappointed. Yeah, the letdown on the other side of that challenge or whatever you might be working up to, like I'm assuming it can kind of feel like it's almost like when a wedding's over and you're like, okay, wrapping it up. It's like the lowdown afterwards, you know, that makes sense when you say that. I, I actually resonate with that a lot because it's kind of like setting those goals that are obtainable. But then what happens after the goal? You know, like how do you fill that space after the fact? Right. Yeah. And I think that's what's lost a lot. Uh, we talk about all these goals that we want to achieve or in short term, like I want to lose 25 pounds for my son's wedding or I want to bench press 135 pounds. OK, great. But but what happens after? Like, are you going to yeah. be able to be? These habits and how can we set you up so you can continue these habits and can continue your journey? I'm not saying that you need to work with a coach forever or someone forever, but like you have to find a way that you can make it sustainable for life. And I have some clients that have been training for like five years, um, not with me, but like I've been training for the last two and a half years, but people that have been with a trainer for five years because they just need that constant accountability. And the fact they know that, I think that's great. Yeah, it's worth the investment once you start to learn what you need and how you can start to like cater to your lifestyle and the way your patterns may show up as well. Like for me as well, it's like if my workout isn't easy, I'm probably not doing it. Like, of course, I'm pushing myself in within the workout. But if it's not starting off to just be easy and accessible, like I'm probably not going to get it done. You know, if I would drive an hour to the gym, like I'd rather just do an at home workout kind of idea, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's so great to hear. And so can you tell us a little bit more about your clients and like what you've been able to help them unpack on the personal side of things and how maybe it's unlocked some of their physicality, you know, extremes? When I first started out, um, I had a client come in and her doctor had said, hey, you know, your A1C is elevated. You're going to have to be on medications for diabetes. Um, and if you don't get your levels under control, basically, you're going to have to go on insulin. So she came in, she was just in a, pr a pretty tough spot uh, mentally with that. And she was like, this is the situation I am ready to invest into my health. Like I know how much diabetes can cost me money wise and also just like physically. Um, and she's like, I'm, I'm just ready. So I worked with her for about six months, but after three and a half months, her A1C had returned to normal and she was completely off her meds. I personally didn't experience that, but like, she was like, it's so freeing. Like, I just know that I'm, I, I'm good. I know what I have to do now um, to maintain these levels. And so like stories like that are what, what keep me staying, I guess, in the training realm. I love working with people who want to get to know how to like lift weights, especially women, like women will come in and they'll be like, 
I, I really want to learn how to use barbells or dumbbells, but there's, it's so intimidating. And I'm like, Oh, I love that because I live in the weight room. Like that's my favorite place to be. So I love teaching people and like watching as their confidence builds and they start to become like, they'll come in on their own and they know how to set up the squat rack and you know, they're grabbing the heavier weights because they're comfortable doing it. So though that's what I love to see. And just the, the progression from that, um, maybe feeling a little more insecure in the gym and how that translates into confidence with just how they walk into the gym, they hold their head high. Um, and I just imagine that correlates in, in their normal day-to-day -day life as well. Wow. That's so beautiful. Like how they're even just standing. And I know like the first time I walked into the weight room, which we're going back, you know, high school days, but I was so nervous, you know, I'm like, where are my friends? Like, what am I doing? I have no clue. And I can relate to that so much. It almost, when you were saying that, like brought the emotion back, I'm like, oh yeah, that was so embarrassing. But then once you get it down, it's like easy peasy. How you said, you just walk in, you have your squats that you're doing, you know, your weight, like, you know, exactly what you're about to set up for too. And I know for me, like as a highly sensitive, a lot of our listeners are highly sensitive too. So it can be a lot like when you walk in a room and there's a lot of energy, but for some reason, when I was able to like harness it and know what to expect, it fueled me more, you know, to go and like actually try harder rather than having the inverted effect that maybe it had at the beginning. For sure. And I think that's also part of like the gym anxiety that some people experience, right? I would say most people experience like I went through it myself as well. But at the end of the day, I feel like in that environment, a lot of times it's, it's very easy to get in your head and be like, oh, everyone's paying attention to me. But I, at the end of the day, people really aren't people are doing their own thing there. Um, but I'm also that person that like, I have to have a plan and I have to know where I'm going. Like if I'm going on if I'm going to a place that I don't know, I have to know where the parking lot is or where I can park or like I have to have all this laid out. Otherwise, it gives me a lot of anxiety. So I, I imagine that like that feeling that I have when I have people that are new to the gym come into the gym because I understand the anxiety of being so unsure about things. And it's so silly. It's just parking. Like most people would be like, what the heck are you talking about? But for me, I'm like, no, I'm so anxious about where I should park. <laughs> No, it's so relatable. It's like sometimes the smallest thing. And then maybe that would even like previously, it would like trip me up and I just wouldn't go. Right. It's like, I don't want to have to worry about the parking. So I'd rather just stay home and like feel safe, you know, and then you just keep living the same life over and over. So that's what I think is so beautiful is you help your clients push outside of their comfort zone. And even like you're saying in their personal lives as well, like so many people don't talk about what's going on in their lives. They weren't raised that way. They didn't even really know how to communicate what's happening in their lives. So you're having so many different ways where you're able to help them kind of expand and grow as a human. And I would love to know your opinion on this as well. I was recently listening to a Joe Dispenza podcast with Lewis House. Do you listen to him? The School of Greatness? I haven't. No. I feel like you would really like him because he's really into like, I mean, he's super masculine. But so like I prefer his interviews, to be honest, like when he's interviewing other people. But he has such a great like insight because he was a previous athlete. Like that's how he got into this space of podcasting. But he had Joe Dispenza on and Joe was talking about 
like how memories live in the body and how the body can like hold on to these memories and it can cause illness and disease. And, you know, many people believe different things, but I talk a lot about Joe and how he's impacted like mental health and physical health. So I don't know if you're familiar with his practices or your opinions on it, but in your expertise, I would be curious to see if you see similar patterns, you know, when you're chatting, chatting with your clients. Somewhat, uh, it depends on the client because some of them will open up and I'm actually able to see see that pattern and things and then others won't. And that's okay because I respect that. Like I'm not a pushy person by any means. I respect what you give me. And I, of course, want everyone to be super open with me. It helps me do my job and helps them get results. But yeah, I think that there's a lot to be said for uh, traumas maybe that you had in your childhood that weren't talked about and the effects that they've had on your mental health, which have then led to your physical health. And then when you start to unpack them, whether it's with, you know, yourself, a spouse, a therapist, someone that you can talk to with them, it's actually kind of crazy when you can root back um, some of the causes. And like, I even talk, I, I had a great childhood, but there's things that happened in my childhood that I know I have traumas from. And when my husband and I started dating, like we would talk about our childhood and our past and stuff like that. And it was like eye opening to me because I was actually talking about things and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I carried this like weight or this burden about it. Or like, this was the root cause of my insecurity. And like being able to identify that is very freeing. So I have some clients that will open up about things and I think that's great. And I'm able to maybe help them um, talk through it, you know, just navigate through the waters. But I also have people that don't. And, and like I said, it, it's up to what they want to share with me and that's great. Like you're the safe space and when and if they're ever ready to open up, like that's how I approach my clients too. I'm like, listen, if you want to go there, we can. If you don't, that's fine. It might be more of a roundabout situation. Like we end up coming up to it at some point, almost always like with the intuitive work. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's wonderful that you're able to be that leader and show them like, hey, it's safe to talk about this. Let's just have a conversation. We'll navigate through this together. Sometimes I think that's all we need, you know, like we don't really need somebody to even tell us what to do. It's like, I'm just here with you and I got your back, you know, and we're going to ride this out together. You know how you said navigating the waters. So beautiful. So can you tell us about your offers, what you have coming up in the next quarter and what we can expect to see from you, maybe even in the new year too? Yeah. So for coaching stuff that I have, I typically will only run like a special around New Year's um, just because I know a lot of people are looking. Um, but I do uh, every like I do a couple of different packages. My gold package, you meet with me once a week via Zoom or FaceTime um, and we can work out for an hour together or we just chat for an hour about your workouts together. So that one I really love working with people on. Um, and then I do a biweekly bi meeting just with like uh, people that need a little bit less accountability. But I should be personally should be hopefully competing in a powerlifting meet. So I've kind of taken a step back from doing any programming like outside of that that I've been sharing on my Instagram because I've been really focused on that for myself. Um, but into yeah. the new year, looking at sharing some more of like my workouts and workout tips, warm up tips and stuff like that on my Instagram. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Hopefully we get to follow along on your powerlifting journey on your Instagram too. We'll have it linked below for anyone that's interested. I like love watching that stuff. That's amazing. 
Yeah, I'm excited. I, uh, I've been telling myself I'll do it for years and I just haven't done it. And I was like, nope, you're going to sign up. You're going to do it. So that's what I've been training for, which is why I've been a little bit more quiet on um, the social media front, just because I've been kind of holding that journey inward for myself. That's beautiful. And that's what we deserve to do as entrepreneurs. Like I find that if we don't do that, then it can have a really different, you know, <laughs> aspect online. Like even um, we can like repel people because we're like chasing it too much. You know, it's like all about our internal journey and doing things that we love. Even this week, I was creating like flower arrangements. It's like funny how the smallest things, but I think it's awesome that you're keeping this promise to yourself and like showing yourself that you can do this. Like that's awesome. Powerlifting is so in unique too. It's like a different experience, I'm sure, from your everyday where you're like working with clients. Yeah, for sure. So I'm I'm excited about that. And then after that, I will be a little bit more vocal. But I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, I find that I share or I got into a habit of sharing a lot on my social media. And then I was like, you know what? I kind of want to just take a step back and have time and just hold this for myself, you know, and just what I'm doing right now, just hold on to it and I'll share after the fact. But Perfect. Well, we're, we'll all be rooting you on, hopefully following along in your upcoming offers at the very least um, on your social. And for any of the listeners that are multitasking, we'll have all of the links below for you all to connect. And thanks so much for being here. This was such a great reminder. And I'm actually going to go get my workout in now. So it was perfect. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for listening to The End in Mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.